and that led to some really good additions. Tremaine Edmonds, um, I can't wait to, for you guys to see this guy. He's special, he's big, he's long, he fits our scheme. Uh, TJ Edwards, awesome story, really good player, instinctive. Again, he's going to help our defense get better. And how cool is it for a guy like that to come back to his hometown team and play? He is so fired up. He, I mean, like, he is so fired up to be on this squad, and he wanted to be here, uh, which is really cool. Mark, we haven't talked to you since the training. Just curious, the push for DJ, what you saw in him as a player, that, that made that such a, a high priority for you? Yeah, just a receiver that can create separation and make big plays. Good teams have guys that make big plays in big moments. That, that's finishing a game off in the fourth quarter, or if that's getting things kicked off in the beginning. Uh, DJ. What about some of the new guys? Let's start with CJ Gardner-Johnson, and then guy. we can touch on uh, Cam Sutton and, and Emmanuel Mosley as well. You know, CJ yeah. brings uh, a level of competitiveness that that will serve us well on the back end. Yeah. He just, man, he, you talk about, you know, everybody gets, they hear me say it, football player. He is a football player. Yeah. Dude, now. The foundation is here, and then you bring in guys that are like-minded and about winning and can play some ball. It's draft day. Kind Episode of. 66. It's kind of draft day. It's not our <laughs> normal draft day. It's NFL draft week. Welcome to draft week. Uh, the week where if you are a Lions or a Bears fan, normally our hopes and dreams either go to die or we get excited for nothing. Uh, recently, the Lions have had some success. Bears maybe not so much. But the Bears are going in the right direction. I guess you can count Fields as success. Yeah, uh, yeah, a big success. They <laughs> finally, so. yeah, hundred percent. It's that was a, a legitimate, the best draft pick they've ever had ever, literally, for sure. For now, so, so we got we got a bunch to get into. We're gonna talk about how we got here. Um, speaking of the Bears, they're in a great spot now, uh, trading back to nine, and uh, just the clamoring that everybody's done to um, and will continue to do it sounds like to get to the top of this draft. We'll go through some rumors. We'll go down some kind of our ideal picks for the first round. Uh, we'll do a worst case for the first round, which could easily happen. We've watched it happen a million times in our 30 years of living. I'll say at least 25. Uh, yeah. <laughs> backup. We'll go over a backup plan even for the first round. Uh, maybe some trade possibilities. Maybe some uh, guys that we like in the second round. And... Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Well, let's start with this. How we got here today. So I'll go over the Lions quick because I think the Bears is a little bit more interesting as to how they got to their spot uh, just because of the trade. But the Lions obviously finished the season 9-8. and eight. They went 8-2 and two in their last 10. Um, they have the 6th and the 18th overall pick in the NFL draft. The 6th is from the Rams trade, thanks to Matthew Stafford. And then 18 is uh, just our pick. The needs for the Lions, D-line, linebacker, even after the acquisition, still corner. Um, you know, the key acquisitions this offseason, you heard them in the intro, basically Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, uh, David Montgomery, shout out the Bears. Glasgow, Marvin Jones, biggest losses, probably two of them are Jamal Williams, DJ Shark, uh, guys that we replaced, I'd say, pretty well. So that's kind of how the Lions got to the spot that they're in today, picking six thanks to the Rams. 
And then we have our 18th pick in round one as well, which um, who knows if we hang on to those picks. We'll talk a little bit about that later on too. But how did the Bears get here, which I think is a little bit more exciting moving from one to nine? Um. Well, let's start first by – let me do a little bit of math real quick. Um, yeah, one, two, three, four, five – Six, seven, eight. Eight. Let's just start by saying what a great job by Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields by going three and 14 and losing eight games decided by one score or less. Because you win one of those. You win one of those. One of them against the Lions, 31-30. That was a crazy-ass game. We were up a lot and blew a big lead. Um but just got to give a good big shout out to the boys for never giving up and knowing that that first overall pick was there to be had and for them to go out and get it like real champions. Okay. That's um, true. I mean, dude, you and, gotta, you gotta sacrifice the lamb sometimes bro, to go get and, that pick. And, and I, they were two and one to start the year. Um, and they played a lot of good games. They played, I, I would say out of 17, I say 10 of the games. I was like, okay, this team mm-hmm. isn't, that bad what they got going on so shout out to the boys for getting that pick um yeah um and now we fucking and also we went zero and eight in one score games i'm pretty sure (laughs) so like which i think that if you're going to if you're going to end up with the first round pick obviously you're going to be losing a lot of games if if you can have eight of them be one score to give the fan base some hope give the fan base something to hang on to that's what I'm saying. It's you know it's when the you best really... possible scenario for a number one pick, right? <laughs> yeah, especially when Houston goes out and wins game the last game and Lovey and fucking who is the uh, quarterback for them? The I don't know, uh, like... long neck. Yeah, Davis Mills. Yeah, Davis Mills and Lovey Smith were like, uh, yeah, we want jobs next year. Probably not with yep. the Texans, but somewhere we're gonna yep. go out and win this game. That was oh. the indie game, right? Yeah, they yeah, love it was ridiculous. to lose in the last week when it's important. Um, they do, but anyways. So now we're sitting at nine. We had the one trade it back for uh, DJ Moore and a little bit of draft capital. Um, we got their ninth, and then their the second round pick, which is the sixty first pick, because I think it's the I think it's Carolina it was Carolina's pick through like Philly or some shit. That's why it's so late um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the second round. It, but it what it was from Carolina. I think they got it from Philly. Which kind of sucks. I didn't realize that until today. Um, but anyways, uh, other than DJ Moore, we picked up Donta Foreman uh, and Travis Homer. Which get rid of David Montgomery. We have them two who aren't great, but you saw Foreman and Homer have both successfully played in the NFL and 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 know the game and can do it. So you're like, okay. Um, I still do think that we should look for back in the draft. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, we got Bob Tunyon. Um, we got <clears throat> that Nate Davis kid who was uh, Tennessee, the guard from Tennessee for the last four years. And then obviously the two big ones, Tremont Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards from Buffalo and fucking Philly, the two linebackers who, to me, I mean, c- couldn't have done that. Like those are the two most fitting players that we could have gotten, uh, you know, in those the are, that's, a, that's, that's, those are two guys where if, 
any team were to get one of those guys, you're fucking over the yeah, moon. Yeah, exactly. For I mean, the Bears to go out and be- get both of those guys, especially for a franchise that is used to having a good defense to just yeah. turn key, get those two guys, plug yeah. them in. You have two great linebackers and a great middle of your defense. Exactly. And I do I don't know I'm not super well versed on this draft class linebacker wise because um as a Bears fan, I'm not you know, you're like you're not really worried about it anymore. You're kind of like, okay. But I I feel like with all of the what we need, it's it was nice to get those guys because now we can focus on the two things that I think we really need first round, at least O line D line one or the other. Yep. You know what I mean? And it really, you're like, okay, you're going to go O line D O line or D line. And then you can open up into your, you know, your DBs and your running backs, possibly receivers, second, third, fourth round. I mean, we have 10 picks in the draft. So um, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at now. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I did, I did some math here. I mean, we have, between the third and or the second and uh, fourth round, we have fucking three picks and three selections in 11 picks. We have 53, 61, 64. Yeah, so it's pretty sick. Second round, we have, I mean, we pretty much are going to get two, like you would assume they're going to get two of the three that they really want. So, I mean, right. if they can, if they can time it up right and not get fucked. Um, and then even later on in the back end, we have like, no, I guess no. Those are pretty far apart. But yeah, but those three. I mean, that's that's real nice. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't even so know what, what do you think? Anymore. <laughs> we don't have to bury the lead any longer. We'll go. We'll go into our ideal first round, and then we'll go worst case and then backup plan. We'll get into some rumors after that. Ideal first round. This is and the Lions have been mocked about fucking 12 ways a Sunday. I mean, literally anybody that you could have mocked there, uh, they've, they've been mocked. Like mm-hmm. it's from quarterback to Skronsky somehow, like you, we've seen it all <laughs> guys that we don't need it, it. We place it everywhere. But if I were to say, okay, that was the best possible outcome for the lions in the first round, it would be chaos in the top five, meaning, Teams drafting, especially drafting with the Cardinals to get into that three spot to take a quarterback. Uh, you talk about teams like the Tennessee Titans or the Oakland Raiders, teams that are looking to move up with draft capital looking for a quarterback. That would be awesome because then a guy like Will Anderson, who would be ideal at six, he'd be ideal for anybody at one, let alone six. The guy could have went first overall last year. Uh, if he drops to us at six, that's not nothing else matters after that right yep. and if we were to do that get will anderson at six and then at 18 i've been going back and forth and back and forth on who i like the most with this pick and from day one of i feel like setting up the draft process in everybody in the lions camp's mind it seems like it's been let's go defense defense let's try to go defense defense at least so if I'm at 18 and this guy's there, I'm going Kalijah Kansi. He's the interior D lineman from Pittsburgh that ran a four or five seven, or either a four five seven or a four six two in the forty, <laughs> which is insane yeah. for an interior D lineman. The guy's quick. He rushes the passer like, and you just if you can find a guy like that in the NFL, you're getting an Aaron Donald type of guy, somebody that can come up the middle and really make a difference. 
not with just the run game, but with the quarterback too, uh, yeah. you're changing your team. Will Anderson and Kalaja Kansi change the defense immediately. Day one, they walk in the building. That would be my ideal first round for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, that, it's nice when you have two. Um, it is nice. And I do feel like that 18 pick, I mean, yeah, the six pick is still very, very wide open. Um, I've been hearing a lot, though, that the Texans might not even pull trig on quarterback now. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of fucks everything up for everybody because that means you would assume you would assume Will Anderson goes too then. And if that happens, then it's like everybody's draft board goes back one, you know? Yep. You're right. So it's well, other than the people that need their, their quarterback, you know, because then someone's licking their chops for either Levis or Stroud or whatever, because they're saying Bryce Young is pretty much locked in. Right? Or no, Stroud is locked He's, in at Carolina, right? No, Bryce, Bryce Young, Young is locked in at Sorry, one to Carolina. Pretty much. Yep. Okay, yeah. So they're saying Bryce but, Young pretty much locked in. You know, you got four teams licking their chops for a quarterback right there. And if you checked FanDuel this morning, FanDuel has the uh, – Number two pick, the favorite at minus one twenty five, Will Levis it's, right now. I don't. <laughs> well, to me, that says that they're trading out. To me, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Though I, I could be wrong. I could be very wrong on that. I don't know. I just feel like how. I don't know either. I'm the, obviously they need a guy, but are they in the frame of mind where they're thinking, okay, we're not going to be, we're not going to be better next year. We're just not. Yeah. And the, maybe they like. Caleb Williams or Drake may more they think that they're going to stink they get a top three pick next year they get a guy they actually like rather than forcing themselves to pick out of CJ Stroud who I think is better than Will Levis I mean I don't think that's a crazy thing to say but apparently some NFL teams are not thinking that way because where where Vegas shows smoke sometimes most of the time there's fire when they got Will Levis trending at minus 125 to go two to the Texans uh, yeah. it makes you think a little bit more than some GM throwing some smoke in an interview, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm I'm very confused on that. Um, but let's hope and pray that Will Anderson doesn't go two, um, and he goes probably you'd imagine three to Arizona. I mean, for you, because yep. obviously my dream world is also Will Anderson. But at nine, there's a damn near zero percent chance that happens. Um. So what's but, the Bears' ideal first so round? Mikey's ideal first round is probably Tyree Wilson. I don't know yeah. if he falls there, though, but that's my ideal first round. Um, like, dream world. I don't think he gets there. A more realistic thing, um, I do like – I still like Jalen Carter. I do mm. think he will be available at that point. I really do. I think he gets to nine. Um, just with the way everything is gone and shit. Um, and if he's not there, I like that kid from Ohio State, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. I yeah. think that is the guy, if not. Um, no, Skaronsky? Yes, Skaronsky. I think okay. so. If we get there's four players that I'm okay, I'll be very, I'll be very happy. I won't be upset. Is Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter. Skronsky, mm-hmm. Paris Johnson. If we can get one of those four guys, which there's only fucking eight guys getting picked before us, and you would assume three of them are quarterbacks at least, maybe four, I think we can get one of those four, and that would be very, very I- ideal. Um, 
they if they don't go so I'm just gonna jump right into worst case scenario. If they yep. don't go O line or D line, worst case scenario. If they go cornerback, uh, unless they trade out. If they trade out, different story. I don't really know what the rumors are if they are gonna trade, but you never know right now. Um, but if they go anything but fucking O line D line, it's a it's a it's a miss for me. So you're saying if they take if they take a Devin Witherspoon or a Christian Gonzalez, um, what about maybe like a Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia? All those miss, 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 miss. We kind of fucked up. We're not looking at the bigger picture. I, so no, I don't know, man. I just think I think it would be stupid. No, no, I'm okay with anybody. I'm okay with an edge. Also, I'm just. It's got to be someone that's that, D line. Yeah, I need O line, D line. Doesn't matter. I, I, edge. There's a lot of parity too with the D linemen in this draft. There's a lot, whether they're Definitely. nose tackles, just a tackle, whatever. Depending on the system, obviously, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. So anything in that of that nature, I'm okay with. Um, but you know, I just think if you don't, you need. So <clears throat> having three picks and in, in, in 11 picks, you know, the three selections and 11 picks, you just have so many options towards the end of that second round that like you can, you can take a risk then. Cause you're assuming that you're going to get one of your other guys. You know what I mean? Whether it's fucking, you know, the, 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 uh, one of the centers like that Luke Weiler or Weipler kid or whatever, or like uh, the other kid from OSU, the lineman, like, Something yep. like that. Dewan Jones. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. Something like that. Then you can go do something stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think you have to you have to get you have to. I don't know. That that's just me. So that's where my ideal first round is. Um, and I think you'd be foolish if not. I like it too. I think Lions case, if I'm going, you know, I mean, you you said it earlier, but a lot of this not only depends on the quarterbacks and who's moving up for them, but a lot of it depends on Jalen Carter and where he goes in this draft that yeah. could fuck everything up. If he goes, you know, if he didn't even take meetings with anybody outside of the top 10. Um, That's what I'm saying. So I think him dropping to nine to the bears is a very real possibility depending yeah. on, you know, the moving and shaking that goes, goes on ahead of him. So my worst case and I'm, you're not going to hear me say Jalen Carter's name only because every sign and everything that I've been hearing from like Lions beat writers, you name it, Jalen Carter, it sounds like is kind of off the Lions draft board. Maybe that's, maybe that's smoke and that's Brad Holmes playing the game and he was always the guy, but it kind of seems like for whatever reason, their meeting didn't go well with him and uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell both used the word interesting when listening to his former teammates talk about him, uh, coaches and teammates and things like that. So just depends on what way you take interesting. I didn't take it the right way. I thought if, yeah. if, if they had something good to say about him, I think that they might have said it. So Jalen Carter not on my draft board as of right now. Worst mm-hmm. case scenario. Worst case scenario would for me, even though I love this guy and I think he's going to be a badass corner in the, in the NFL, is Devin Witherspoon at six. And the only reason that I say it's worst case is because we just got burned taking a corner in the top 10. Yeah. Just got burned. Just let, just, just released Jeff Okuda. Like that mm-hmm. wound is still fresh. 
Is there a sauce gardener in this draft? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. So for us to take a guy like Devin Weatherspoon at six, where we are really, really taking a big risk um, when, you know, if Tyree Wilson or somebody like that was available, even Jalen Carter, like, I just can't, I can't stomach that and say, okay, we're going to be a better football team next year. And then at 18, it'd be taking Devin Witherspoon at six and then Bijan at 18. If we fucking take Bijan at 18, <laughs> dude. I am so over the I all this talk about running backs and everything like that. I don't think a first round running back would ever be worth it to me unless it was like he'd have to be able to throw it too. <laughs> like yeah, that's I mean, the only way that be, I'm taking a running back in the first have to round. Be Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Ask. Like legit. Yep. Can do everything. Like literally. Immediately you know? the best player, the best running back in the league. Like yeah. that's kind of how it's got to yeah. go. Like a Saquon, I mean even Saquon. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, we're talking a guy that not can, worth it. Can catch it, can run, can block, and fucking you know is a is a locker room guy. Like he has to be all four of those things plus fucking not a shithead. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I agree with you, but and he's only gonna be that guy for five years because guess what? You're not resigning him because if no. you resign him and you pay a running back a zillion dollars, you're gonna be at the fucking bottom of the league. Like that's just not how it works right now. You go and you get a guy that you could plug in, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> you don't need somebody elite back there to win a Super Bowl. You just don't. So spending capital in places like the first round where it is so important to get somebody good and hit on your picks, I don't want to spend a running back that we could get a DeAndre Swift in the second round. We could get insert name here. Like it doesn't. We well, can get or- that guy. You go, but you know, or you do. Oh, hey, I got David Montgomery for what'd you got? What are you paying him right now? Six mil, something like that. Something it is very like low, very, <laughs> very mid level contract for a running back yep. who is probably, to me, my eyes, is a top probably 12 back in the league when healthy. I mean, he's good, mm-hmm. dude. He's no joke. So it's like, yeah, fuck that. Um, I agree with you, but I, I haven't looked too much into it, but I have seen a lot of people talking. Bijan to the Lions. A lot of people, a lot of people mocked Bijan to the Lions. It was sexy for some reason, even after the David Montgomery trade, and I never really understood it. And there's a lot of guys that I like in the second round. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, people are talking like he's not going to make it out of the second round at this point, but if he did, and you know, we could scoop him with that first pick in the second round, I'd be psyched. Fuck yeah, yeah see, that that was a guy uh that you know, because we have later picks in the second round. That was a guy that, in my head, was like, if he's there, mm-hmm. that's where you get a little silly. Like, you don't necessarily need that. But that guy, if he's at, he's there at 53, you jump all over. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't take you don't take that risk in the first round. You, you know, you just kind of hope and pray type of thing. Exactly. Um, and if he's there, he's there. Like, that, it was meant to be. Um, lastly, if that. I'm going to go... If I'm going to go backup plan for the Lions, if we if it's not the ideal, obviously Will Anderson, Kalijah Kansi, backup plan, uh, Tyree Wilson at six, then either at eighteen, I I wouldn't hate a corner at eighteen. If we go Joey Porter Jr., huge yeah. corner out of Penn State, uh, he's not like he's not a guy that's going to go and pick the ball off. He only had one interception last year, but he's a Dan Campbell guy. Like he's pissed off. He's Joey Porter's yeah, son. First of they, all, like he's a football player. Don't they say that 
like uh, where where are the where are the Steelers picking at? They're picking like right before that, right? They're picking seventeen. Aren't they right saying that? Us. Aren't they saying that like that is where Joey Porter Jr. is probably gonna go? Yeah, it's funny. Or weren't like, they I, at least at one point? I'm sorry. It's weird because Joey Porter, all these corners, the corner market is very interesting because there are like, there's no elite guys, but there are like five good guys that might all go in the first round, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially guys like Deontay Banks, who I would also love at 18. He's a corner from Maryland, literally just fucking, he just sits in your pocket. Doesn't matter where you're going. Like every highlight you see of him, he's literally holding on to the guy's hip. He's just there all the time. Speedy as fuck. That's but, exactly my uh my wish list for round two too. I know he's not gonna drop, but yeah, definitely, definitely. If he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Joey Porter, like guys like that. Joey Porter, I've seen as high as like eleven. I've seen him as low as thirty one. I so feel like I feel like corners and receivers are both two positions that like you just said, they can either get taken high as fuck or they can drop mm-hmm. a round and a half and you're like, what the fuck? And you, yeah, especially when there's a lot the of receivers are the same way in this yeah. draft. You're absolutely right. Like Zay Flowers, I've seen him mocked like top ten. Yeah, and I've seen him mocked in the second round. That's what I'm like, saying. He's it's all like, over the place. The, yeah, hundred percent. I I've seen the same shit, and it's like I feel like the the outside guys. They just I don't know. Like there's weird, but no, um, you don't you don't know. Yeah, you're right. When whenever the run starts, whenever the run on corners or the run on receivers yep. start. Get yours while the getting's good. Yep. <laughs> or you're Dude, not going like, to get your guy. It's just like fantasy football. Once one guy takes a kicker or defense, every other team is like, oh, I got to get my kicker or defense. It's exactly it's just the way it is, dude. It's um, some, it triggers something in your brain where you don't want to be the last guy at the table. Yeah. But also, funny. though, when you don't need that position, that's like right, like for how the Bears were. It's like there's five fucking teams in the top 10 that need a quarterback, and we're. Th- if we have the fucking, you know, the piece of gold that you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that's like the best when you don't need what everyone else needs in the top or in that situation. And you can kind of yep. just maneuver around with it, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't hate what you're talking about. Uh, for lines, you said a couple of names that I would love to have on the Bears um, with the cornerbacks, at least, because I think that one of those mid picks for the Bears uh, between two and three, mm-hmm. I can see them going cornerback. Um, for sure. Depending, I like. I think a guy like uh, that Eli Ricks from Alabama. Yeah, that's a guy love that who kid. I, I think that's a guy too who who realistically be available too. Um, mm-hmm. they said I looked up a little bit of stat. They said they held like opposing quarterbacks to like a forty-two QBR, which it's like, hey man, that's not bad. Um, no, that's crazy. There's a kid. Keely from, Ringo's a guy yeah, that's got to be back there too, right? So th- there's there's three there's three of the Eli Ricks, the Keely Ringo, and then uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Yeah, so he's an interesting one. Names. Yeah, that where it's like, you know that so between the second and third round, between the fifty third and one hundred third pick, we have four picks. If we can get one of those guys in that range, I, I you know those are some names I like. I I would love if fucking like a Joey Porter or. Um, who is the other kid that we were just talking about? Oh, from Maryland, the, the Banks. Deontay Banks. If, like, one of those two fell, that'd be fucking sexy. But, um, but yeah, so back to my your, my backup plan. My backup plan is genuinely is Skronsky or um, the Broderick Jones from Georgia. Yeah. Those are the – those are – I mean, I, I don't think that we're going to get Tyree Wilson just in re- in reality. So I think mm. Jalen Carter or Paris Johnson are our guys, but 
I wouldn't hate, you know, backup plan, either Broderick Jones or Skronsky. If, if that's the, you know, if that's what they went with, I wouldn't be upset with. Um, right. No, and I think that's a great plan for them. Yeah. And then, you know, my, my, you know, ideal, like I said, the, the second round between the second and third, it's like, I want them to go either the opposite. So if they go O-line, I want them to get one D-lineman in those three picks. I want them to try and get a cornerback. And then I don't hate them going after a flyer like a, like a Zach Charbonnet. Um, mm-hmm. Or like if you got a guy like uh, who the fuck's the, the number two guy at Tennessee, the receiver that Cedric Tillman, a guy yeah, like that. that. Cause, cause we yeah. don't have, I mean, we have Chase Claypool, but we don't have a, a, a big tall receiver. Um, we have two mm-hmm. good tight ends, but we don't have any like big receivers right now. So right. someone like that, um, or anyone else who's a little bit bigger in the receiver class, if, if it's not reaching for it, I wouldn't hate yep. that. So that's, that's kind of my ideal. Like, cause we have so much, we have a lot in the, 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 the second, third, fourth. So, um, I don't know where that, um, I'm sure you've heard this name too. Uh, that tank Dell kid from Houston. He's a, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. He's really nasty too. Uh, oh, I've, I've actually Dell. watched his, yeah, I've actually watched his tape a few times. I actually watched it today too. And he's like, he's just in a, in a draft where there aren't very many like bigger receivers. I mean yeah. him and then, uh, and then Ringo, I don't know if you've seen this guy's film from Ole Miss. He's six, two. He's a big motherfucker. Um, hit, it's basically hit those two. And then Quentin Johnston, like those are really the big guys Dude. outside of that. JSN, Jalen Hyatt, all these other guys, they flowers. They're all, tiny guys they're yeah. dj oh, yeah. Moore type guys like yeah, you said Jordan don't Anderson. need that yeah that, well yep. and you know who a guy who i like back toward a little bit further down is this uh rashi rice kid from smu i watched mm. like three games of his, and this is just a, a like a feeling pick because i watched some of his games because i'm a degenerate gambler right and i like the way like he reminds me of like a fucking like legit like an aj brown like uses his body, but also it's kind of finesse. I see him fumble like two times, which in two games that's not very good. But um, <laughs> I really like the way he played. Like this is I'm talking like picks like 65, 103, 133, like those picks. Yeah, um, where you could take a risk on a guy with yeah, butterfingers. Exactly. You know? Um, one other receiver too that I really want, I really like, is uh, the kid from LSU, that booty. Yep. But um, guy that's really fallen down draft boards yeah. compared to where people thought he was going to go when he got to LSU. Yeah. And also, I mean, even just coming into this year with the injuries and like not really being yep. on the field enough. And like then when he was there, they weren't using him properly. I think he's one of those like untapped, like not untapped potentials, but like he's got it. It just didn't show on the field that much. You know what I mean? Like one of those guys where it's like he is a dog, but he didn't necessarily have the proper situation in LSU with the injuries and the quarterback and that this and that you know um yeah but dude honestly we have so many picks that it's like i don't care they i don't care there's so many guys on this list that i have that i'm just like dude we can go with the center we can go with the edge we can go with the tackle we can go to the fucking cornerback just i don't know I, i'm just i don't reach don't reach on fucking on somebody dumb just take the best available don't do it don't do it. a bears thing exactly we've done it so fucking much dude like it's like <laughs> don't just take what's there. Take what the, the rest of the league gives you because we have so much capital and everyone needs certain things like because we need a little bit of everything. So it's like you don't yep. have to 
you don't have to take two of the same position or something like that. Like we can literally take anything and it could be a, a good pick as long as they don't take the guy who's average, you know, the, the, the ranking he's a hundred, but we're at the 65th pick. It's like, Hey, you know, so um, take what comes to you. I think that's I, a lot of what the draft is and like, smartest guy in the room syndrome i talk about it all the time with the lions they used to have that really bad before brad holmes got here and it was like sometimes the easy pick is the right pick yep most of the time let's talk about some rumors so i got two rumors for you uh let's start with this lions one because i feel like it definitely has an actual possibility of happening uh the lions moving up to three and the reason that this would happen is infatuation with Will Anderson. Like, we have to have Will Anderson, Will Anderson, or bust. That's what has to be going through Brad Holmes' head to make a trade like this. Uh, I, Depending on what we give up, I would be all in on it. But I did a little bit of research and found uh, the most recent transaction for a trade like this. It was actually in 2018. And it was a move from six to three. So this would be the exact move that the Lions would take. They'd trade six to move up to three for Arizona. In 2018, the Jets traded from six to three to go get Sam Darnold. And they gave up pick six, 37 in the second round, 49 in the second round, and then a 2019 second round. So one, two, three, four picks, which... I mean, it's a lot of second round guys. It's a lot of second round picks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give up both of our second round picks. Obviously, that would mean we'd still be able to keep eighteen if we were to do something like that. But if if they have, if Brad Holmes thinks it's Will Anderson or bust, I'm all aboard. Like, if that's your guy, you've been right about everybody else so far. I'm fucking all aboard. Let's do it. Let's go get him. Where, where does where do you draw the line? Would you be willing? Would you still be on board if they said just six and eighteen for three, and maybe like a like a third round next year or something like that? Like they. Yes, I think I would still do it just because we still have the two second round picks. If we get Will Anderson in the first round, that's a win in the first round. Let's move on. If where I draw the line is if they say, "All right, we want." We want six. We want both your second rounders. And then next year we want your first rounder. Fuck that. Like if they're if they're taking our first rounder in next year or any other year like that, or if or if they're like, hey, we want six eighteen and both of your second rounders or a second rounder and a first next year, like so that pretty first much, next year fucks me up too much. So pretty much anything that has two firsts and a second or possibly two firsts and two seconds you're not in but one first and two seconds or just two firsts you're okay with i could swallow that so what if they went six this year uh and whatever your first round pick next year you're okay with that and then you still have six this year and then the first next year Mm -hmm. and they'll probably you'll probably have to toss in like a second somewhere i would imagine um if you if you're giving up the next year's pick but maybe it's a Maybe it's a your second second round pick this year, your first round pick, and then six. You'd give that yeah. up. I don't. I'm 
hoping and praying that our pick next year in the first round isn't very is, good. Is over 15. Yeah, at least over 15. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope it'd be in, you know, worst case Ontario, the low 20s, right? That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. That dude, that that just next year's first round is just that's really selling out for one guy. I well, mean, if, and, like I said, it's hard because it's a fine line between me thinking that's a lot and me also trusting Brad Holmes. Okay, all right. Here's scenario two for this. Not necessarily scenario two, but when do the Lions decide it's time to get a quarterback? Do they ever draft, or do they buy? Do they? What are they? What are they doing with quarterback? I know Goff is the guy, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. Do, I, ugh, you know, is he, that's the only noise. I don't know what to say. Like, is he permanent? Is he the guy? Like, I, I think the team is built in a way right now where they're not. We're, we're built to win in a window, right? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We're not. This isn't a dynasty. I mean, I don't think it is. I'm not even gonna say that word and connect it to us. Uh. So, I mean, I think that they have, you know, probably a four to five year window here that we're playing with where we could actually go out and try to do something. So if, say, Jared Goff at the end of this year, uh, we can't like we just can't get anything done and we're going to have to move on uh, anywhere during this rebuild or during this you know run that we're going to have. I'm too used to saying rebuild <laughs> anywhere during this hopefully successful playoff run that we have. Uh I think that they're in a position where they are going to have to go out and buy somebody. And as a Lions fan, like I feel a lot more comfortable with that than say trading up next year and going to try to get like Caleb Williams or something like that. We just have to give up so much capital to do that where I think that we could go and with the team that we have sell a good quarterback into coming here. Not like a, not like an indie situation where we're going to get Matt Ryan or Phillip rivers before they fucking die. I'm saying like, go get a guy that has a situation, not quite like Lamar, but a guy that's coming off of his first contract where you can say, Hey, we'll give you the money that you deserve. We want you to come be here. We just want you to be here. And the guy has to want to be here. So that's the biggest thing. And if we're winning, then I think that we can go out and buy rather than giving up everything I, to draft. I was going to say, does a guy like Lamar tickle the old fancy? Because I feel like, though, there's not many guys out there that are better than Goff that are going to be in the situation that you just said other than Lamar Jackson. I don't – I really – even over the next two years. I mean, unless Goff has another one of his fucking meltdowns and he just stinks for a year, and then you're like, oh, this yeah. is the Goff we thought he was three years ago. But Right. Which could happen. Yeah, I mean, 100%, definitely could know, happen. I do think that the system is good enough, though. Where Goff is a good, is a efficient enough player that like he's a lot safer than he kind of looks. You know, he's a pretty safe yeah. quarterback, but he gets he's got such a good line and pretty good, you know, a good system around where he looks like he's being aggressive as fuck. Um, but it's that's you know it's all made for him to do so. You know, um, I think yeah, as long as that O line's there, like Jared will be fine. Yeah, I agree. No. I, I do think – I mean, I do think he's a fairly smart guy. I think, you know, he got written off too early. We, I've been saying this since fucking last year. I mean, you can – Yeah, you were saying re, it since re, the jump. Re, yeah. Um, Run the tape. But does a guy like – you know, like a, does a guy like Lamar Jackson, like I said, tickle your fancy? I mean, would you be willing to pay him all that money to have him be the guy and then maybe 
you could consider it a dynasty. Right. If he's healthy. Does he fit the bill? If he could show me that he's actually still got it, sure. But after after what he's shown the last two years, if he comes out and lays another egg where he's like, you know, he's throwing 30 touchdowns, but then he's got 17 picks, I'm going to mm-hmm. tell the guy to fucking kick rocks. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Keep my Jared Goff or 20 mil or whatever the fuck you're paying him. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Exactly. Right. So let's go. Let's go Bears trade rumor. rumor. Oh, yeah. Let's say what's the next one. How would you feel, and I saw this circulating a little bit today, uh, if the Bears traded back to 17 with the Steelers, who desperately are looking to get a, uh offensive tackle of some sort? So the Steelers trade up to get a Skronsky, one of the guys that you pro- you guys probably wanted, like yeah. a Skronsky or a, uh, who the fuck's the Paris other guy? Paris Johnson. We or Paris Johnson Jr. Roderick Jones. And then. The Bears go fall back to 17. Um, you know, you probably get, I would assume you get a second rounder maybe or a third out of this deal to move from 9 to 17. And if that's the case, then holy shit, the Bears literally own the second round. See, I, okay, I don't hate it, but my thing is like, once again, like this comes back to like the, you know, smartest man in the room thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what does Michael Scott say? Keep it simple, stupid. Like, you have you have 10 picks, okay? And we have fucking, you know, it's four picks in the top three, two fourths, two fifths, two sevens. So it's like get a get a perennial player. Get a guy who it's like you can do that at 17. You really could, but it's like if if the draft goes the way everyone's expecting it we're getting the number one possibly the number two offensive lineman in the draft right why not to me what what's out there that's going to be more secure than that um i don't really nothing i mean when you're going and looking at when you're looking at a draft board and you need an offensive tackle or an offensive guard generally those hit at the highest clip. That's what I'm saying. It's like how often exactly, how often does the number one O-lineman bust? Not often, I feel like. Not very often. You know what I mean? Like these guys are yeah. built different. They are just good. So it's like yep. I don't hate it because, yeah, you're going to get an extra guy in the second, but probably you would assume so. But, like, yep. it, to me it's, you know, we and we have, I'm pretty sure, you know, we already have some extra picks for next year. They're not, like, good picks. But they're, you know, they're we. I think we have some mid round picks already from some of the shit we've did over this off season, and the trades we made. Like where it's like, we have ten picks. Go do with that. You know, if you want to trade one of these seconds or thirds, and kind of you know try to zhush some things up, get an extra pick here and there. I just wouldn't take top ten talent off. Actually, probably if you really think about it, like top five talent off the board because with all the quarterbacks that are gonna go it really, you know, dilutes it a little bit. So now your top 10 guys are half of them are really top five guys, but because of the quarterback situations, you know, they're, they're dropping a little bit. I don't like it. I would keep, I would keep nine just cause I think it's just, it's that much more valuable, but maybe polls is like, Hey, you know, we're not there yet. So whatever, let's get as many as we can, but also, you know, we got to keep this guy healthy. We got to keep this dude, on his feet you know what i mean like he can't be running every fucking play he's got to be able to sit in his fucking pocket 
go through his progression, make throws that everyone saw him make at OSU. Oh, yeah. Actually be able to throw the ball down the field and not make his first read always be a fucking flat pass. But, hey, when you don't the got guy time, can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, he could do it. It's just the way that it's set up for him is just it's not working in that matter. Like, yeah, he can run for a thousand yards, but I don't want my quarterback running for a thousand yards and running 15 to 20 times a game. Like I want my guy running 10 times a game, like Jalen hurts when it matters. Right. And when you need a fucking touchdown, he's getting the ball. That's it. Like I don't need him running 65 yard fucking plays. You know, it's like, I know it's dope and it's very exciting. You're like, Oh, this guy's an electric factory breaking records. Yada, yada. I don't want him doing that because he's a capable thrower, you know? Yeah. If it's not a first down or six points, you don't want your quarterback. Moving. Yeah, exactly. Period. So, I, and the, that's... yeah, the tough part is like in this in this mock that I'm looking at, the Kuiper and McShay's most recent one and more mocks that I've seen, uh, the run on tackles, all four of them, uh, Skronsky, start around that time. Skronsky, Broderick Jones, Parrish Johnson, Darnell Wright, all four of them go before 17. Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. It's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, you know, f- no, like, fuck that. That's why I don't think it's right. Um, but you know, depending on what they got, obviously it's a different story, but you know, just for a couple of picks, if you give, if you got, gave me another like DJ Moore, like another player that caliber for it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to get that at this point. You know what I mean? No. So no, you could get uh, you get like a Zay Flowers or something. If you loved a receiver, you could go get a guy like that. But yeah. that would be that would be the sexy kind of pick that the Bears would maybe normally make, and that you know would yeah. piss you off in this situation where they have such a good opportunity to protect the guy that they just got. Yeah, and they just got DJ Moore. I mean, yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, like you know, you got, to me, you got the guy a weapon now. Protect exactly. Him. Yeah, exactly. You traded away one. So that means to me, I would assume, I know there's still like things saying, Oh, maybe it's not just fields. Isn't their guy, but they don't like anyone. Like you traded away one. That means you're committing to, to Justin Fields, Like you said, now protect the guy. Like it's simple yep. as that. So I, I think it'd be stupid for them to move out with the fact that we have so much draft capital already in this draft. You know what I mean? Do you think, at the end, we'll go over some players that I love. Uh, maybe that will go outside of the first round, and we could talk a little bit more about that. But do you think – let's just talk a little bit overall draft. Because I think this is shaping up to be one of, like, the crazier drafts that we've seen in a little bit. I mean, as far as, like, trades and who goes where. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? As far as, like, just – even just within the top ten. I mean – I feel like there's – and – I. I don't know if you saw the rumors swirling today about Derrick Henry to the Eagles. Like, yeah, who knows if the... something like that happens yeah. on draft day? Like, there is so much shit going on in the yeah. air right now. Feels like there's just more smoke than normal. I and just, more uncertainty. I just feel like I don't know if it's well the, the uncertainty. I don't know if it's smoke or not, but like I do think if if the right deal is up for so many teams, like you said earlier, uh, you said the Raiders, and who was the other team that you said is looking for a quarterback? Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. So you got yeah, two teams like both. that. Both, and Arizona's willing to move. They've already said yeah. that. Like, they're they're yeah. taking all kinds of phone calls. Yeah, so, like, you got those two teams who I think I think at least one of those two are going to zhush their way into the top ten somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with you though. Like, there's weird. I, it's it's starting to become a re- reality TV, honestly, almost. Because <laughs> with Jalen Carter, the questions around him, and then now the Will Levis is throwing yeah. a wrench and everything. Dude, like, and then two weeks ago, fucking Anthony Richardson was all of a sudden God, and you're like, what the fuck? How yep. this guy played 13 games and completed like 20 percent of his passes, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's a freak athlete. Well, we always knew that. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, he could run. We saw that. Yeah. He's been like everything I've been seeing is he's basically a lock to the Colts, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I don't I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do think it's a circus out there and I do think there's going to be a weird amount of movement. Um, I'm hoping that the Bears don't play into it personally, but I do think you're right. I think it's it's just a fucking it's a lot going on. I mean, I, I think I think the teams. I think teams like us are going to benefit a lot from this though, mm-hmm. just because I really do think that there is going to be some chaos and there's going to be some guys that might even slip into the second round that never should have just because of the runs. Like we said yeah. that, that it just depends on who, who starts. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the first run. Is it going to be tackles? Is it going to be receivers? Is it going to be corners? Like, where is that going to start? And then after that, the fucking yeah. dominoes are just going to fall. And it could get nuts in the Dude, the back half of the draft. I feel like the receiver thing, because usually, especially after last year with the receivers, it was insane. I feel like this year's receiver class is really good, but it's not as mm-hmm. top heavy. Like when you got like the big dicks, you have like your three or four. I mean, between uh, what's his name, TCU, really... fucking Tennessee, and yeah, the other kid. Quentin Johnson, uh, oh, Jackson, Jackson Smith, and Jigs. Jigbo will be like the first guy off the board probably. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll just kind of go Zay Flowers, pick name your pick from there. It'll basically be well, like, who do you like? Does exactly. Jordan Addison fit you? Does you That's know That's what does... I'm saying. It's like I feel yeah. like like we were kind of saying, like I feel like there's a very good opportunity to catch one of them in a weird spot because it's like who fits your bill, not necessarily who's the best. Cause I mean, five to like 15 are almost the same fucking player, all, you know, talent wise throughout. And you're like, yep. oh, you might get the guy who you had as your fucking fifth best, but it's because it just fit your bill so much. And, it, you know, is this guy's 15th best. So it's like, I think that was one of the, the positions in this draft where it's usually, I feel like receivers, it's like there's like the six of them. They're the best. They're the dogs. They're going to go exactly where you think they're going to go. And mm-hmm. then. You know, it is what it is. You're fucking hoping and praying for, you know, shot in the dark type of guy. Yeah. So I do think receiver would be fun. That's why I do want the Bears to still keep their eye on some receivers, um, even though we do need other shit. I just think that there's there's CD Lamb type, not like that high of, like, but where how the Cowboys were, they're like, well, we have to take CD Lamb. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we're literally like, just fought. That's what yeah. I think is going to happen to teams like yeah. us and, and exactly. the Bears, yeah. where it's, something's just going to fall into your lap. And you yeah. literally, like you said, you just have to raise your hands and say, shit, well, we have to take this yeah, guy here. Exactly. We have to. I, I think the Lions, especially with, I think 18, I don't think they're, I don't care what anyone says. I think 18 right now, because it's the Lions and because they already have six, might be the most unpredictable pick. In the entire draft, honestly, dude, I agree. Especially, especially if they somehow, by the grace of God, get Will Anderson at six. Yeah. Literally, everything else is off the board. They can that's, fucking take anybody. That's what I'm saying. Like, you obviously, like if you take a quarter a cornerback at 18, you're like, okay, that's good. That fits what we need. But like everything else, though, too, if something falls, 
I feel like there's so much opportunity for the Lions at 18. And it's it's like like I said, I feel like it's one of the most unpredictable picks in this whole draft. That's why I'm so scared of the reality of that stupid Bijan thing actually coming to fruition. Yeah, <laughs> I I do think that would be silly. I, I mean, it's not. It's like what the f- I mean. Think look at like okay, look at uh, Brees Hall. Right, he was picked what thirty fourth or thirty fifth or some shit last year, in that mm-hmm. range, maybe even thirty third. I think I don't even know. But like, he had a really good, decent. You know, he was split in time. Then like four game. You know, then he's the starter. He's the dog. And then boom, he's out mm-hmm. for the season. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then who? Michael Carter just comes in and he does what he needs to do and like plays well. And then they had another guy that filled in too. It's like, no, it's the most vulnerable position in terms of getting hurt. Yeah, you're getting beat the fuck up, and everybody can do it with that old line, bro. It doesn't matter with that old line. That's it doesn't thing. matter. That's the thing that people don't take into account enough. Is like what. It, Build build the hog mollies up front first, and then yeah. you can get whoever the hell you want back there. Yeah, we had Jamal yeah. Williams. We had a great run game last year. Yeah, I mean Jamal Williams just went to the Saints and got peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and we weren't even willing to pay him that, so we must be looking to pay somebody less. So I yeah, guess we'll see no which third or fourth round guy it is. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about some guys. These are just some guys outside of the first round. You mentioned one guy that I don't think is going to get past the first round, um, but I do think is a uh, a sexy little pick, and that's Emmanuel Forbes out of Mm. Mississippi State. He's the corner. Did you see what he weighed in at at the combine? No. What was it? So he was was listed as 180 in college, Mm. senior and junior year. And he got to the combine. He weighed a soaking wet 166. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Just skin and bones, nothing on this guy. If you don't know about him, he's like freak ball hawk, broke the Mississippi State records for picks. He's kind of – he reminds me of a Trayvon Diggs in a way that he's just very risk-reward. Um, yeah. Because he plays so aggressively and goes for the ball so much every once in a while, he's going to be a guy that loses somebody. Um, but yeah. he has great recovery speed too. So if that's a guy where like you kind of have an okay secondary and you like, you might have a one, uh, you could take a risk on a guy like this who could end up being a good one in the league, or he mm. could end up stinking just to, kind of depending on the year he has. But Manuel Forbes is one I like, uh, Osiris Torrance guard. He's the big ass dude from Florida that never let up a QB like pressure. Basically, oh, never yeah, let up a yeah, sack yeah, yeah, yeah. from JUCO all the way through college at Florida. Obviously, you're not play. I've, I mean, you're playing some chumps in JUCO, but once you get to the SEC, there ain't a week off. So yeah. the fact that this guy didn't let a sack up at Florida too um, is pretty awesome. He was. I mean, I've seen drafts have him. I've seen mocks have him at the end of the first round. Uh, but I've also seen him sneaking into the second round. And, you know, the Bears get a guy like that in the second round. Holy well, shit. Like, th- And that's a guy you can bump out to tackle, you yeah. know? The thing that sucks, though, is that we're just so late in the fucking second round that, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, like 53 is just not – it's not ideal. But, yeah, no, I'm uh, – yeah, that'd be fucking – 
could be an opportunity for the Bears to package a couple of those second rounders if they love a guy like yeah, that that's for just sure. sitting out there, move up yeah, in the second round, and for sure. you know snag yourself a guy that's going to protect uh, Justin Fields if you couldn't get that guy in the first round. Say like somebody fell into your lap in the first round, like Jalen Carter, your hands yeah. are tied. Mm-hmm. Move up in the second round, go get I- Osiris Torrance. Yeah, no, definitely, and that's yeah, that's exactly that. That's something I can see them doing in terms of trading is packaging a couple of seconds and getting, you know, but yeah, man, I so don't know. There's a lot of guys, man. This mock that uh, I, I actually like this mock a lot. This most recent one. I know I've been talking about McShay and Kuypers, but it has kind of a pipe oh, dream. Before, to the Lions. You, before we go on, hold on. No, I'm still going about? through second round. No, 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 no. How? No, no. This is just a little bit off track. How does Mel Kuyper still have a fucking job? Oh, I don't know. Guy's constantly wrong. Yep. <laughs> and all he does is talk shit, and yet He's... he still is, like, the most highly touted fucking draft guy out there. And you're like, how? It's the Stephen A effect, dude. The yeah. guy's fucking entertaining. When Kuiper yeah. comes on the screen with his goofy-ass hair and his fucking shades <laughs> and the way that he talks, you literally get sucked in, and you have to listen to him. I don't know why, but yeah, that's just how right. it is. I guess you're right. Todd McShay is – the most vanilla, boring guy on the planet. How he still has a job is beyond me. Like, he's not entertaining at all. When Kuiper no. comes on, he's a psycho. So, at least, like, I get that part. But, yeah, yeah, McShay, McShay I definitely don't get. But, yeah, Kuiper, too, has been – he's the only guy on the planet that can be wrong so many times and just keep his job. He's like, like dude, he's the weatherman of sports, bro. He's he the is the weatherman of sports. sports. That's a great way to put it. That's that is a great way to put it. <laughs> Anyways. Two guys, so two guys in the second round that I still like that I don't, I mean, this is what they kind of mocked up to us, which I think is fucking crazy if this happens. They have 48, um, McShay has Jameer Gibbs coming to us, which I don't think he's getting to 48, not after all the buzz we've been hearing this week about this guy. People love this guy, and they think that he's going first round. Uh, And then, yeah, I don't think so either. Great back. I don't, I don't. I don't see him going first round, but yeah. definitely earlier than 48 in the second round. I mean, yeah, holy fair. shit, that would have to be – everybody would have to be asleep at the wheel. And then 55, seven picks later, they have us taking a guy who I love, uh, Drew Sanders, inside linebacker out of Arkansas. This is a guy that was at Bama. For whatever reason, it didn't work. Um, and then he transferred over to Arkansas and just became a beast. He's just one of those guys that – likes to stick his he's kind of like a Rodrigo stick his nose in there I want to get hit in the face today like that's how I play football and that's the guy those are the guys that Dan Campbell loves so I I just have a weird feeling that if Drew Sanders is sitting there at 48 or 55 and the Lions have an opportunity to take them in a position of need for sure I mean it's it probably goes um it probably goes you could go linebacker or corner either way after D line, you know, interior D line would be one. But then after that, you could say linebacker or corner or just edge guy in general. But Drew Sanders can kind of do it all come off the edge a little bit. He could play inside. He's great in coverage underneath. So like your, your running back ton of shit where they come up the middle or your uh, crossing routes. He's great in that sense. So, um, just kind of one of those guys that plays every down that you want on your football team. Dude, what has happened in the last, I don't know, 10 years that interior linemen are just devalued so much? Like, it's like the running back of the defense, kind of, but, like, 
I don't get, like they're the fucking blood, you know, like they're the heart of your D, you know, like they, they're your play caller. They're filling up the middle. It's like, why do we not put more emphasis on middle linebackers? Cause like, I, I don't You're know. You're right. Because they're it so used important. to be, it used to be so much bigger with like, I mean, there's a million names, but like Geno Atkins and guys like that guy, Haloti Nada guys that are just kind of in the middle. You know, that literally just plug lanes. And I think I think it just has to do with how sexy that everybody thinks the, the edge position is now and how important it is to win football games to get to the quarterback. And maybe that's because the league passes more, right? There's yeah. less running. There's more passing. I mean, the but, league's I mean, different now. You know, but also you got a guy like fucking Luke Keekley who literally is reading, calling out plays for the team. Like, you you know, you can't. Like you, there's it's it's so valuable. Like I don't know. You, so you're like, talking linebackers I'm and talking, like interior no, D line. No, too. I'm talking. No, I'm talking inside middle linebackers more so mm. than the D linemen. I'm talking middle. I linebackers. thought you were talking D line. No, no, no. I'm talking like, bro. Like you know, it went from like Ray Lewis, fucking uh, Erlocker, fucking Patrick yeah. Willis, fucking Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, and his prime like. All these fucking badasses, dude. Fucking what Jonathan Vilma, like those were like your best players on defense. And like, yeah, now you got a guy like Roquan. Okay. Granted, he got paid or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's like he's the best middle linebacker in the league and no one gives a fuck about him. Right. You know, borderline, right. you know, top two, you know? And it's like, it's just so weird how like that one, your captain of your defense, it was so important 10 years ago. And now it's like, like you said, that edge rush is so important. And like, you know, the, even the cornerbacks are getting fucking selected so much higher than linebackers. It's just yep. so, I know it's cause it is cause we pass, we pass more and all that shit, but like, it's just still like a guy that can read out a play and, and direct your team to me. Like, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything that you can ask for more, um, you know, but I don't it's know. A, it's just it's so a defense. It's the green dot guy, right? It's the defensive yeah. leader. I mean, the Lions were. I mean, I think that we were looking for one in a Bobby Wagner or um, a Levante David, those yeah. kind of guys that were available in free agency this year, and they just kind of ended up going back with with Alex Anzalone. Which I mean, like I said before, I trust Brad Holmes. Is Alex Anzalone my favorite guy? No, is he the is he the worst middle linebacker in the league? No, but he's probably not top twenty. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, does that suck? We run the two linebacker. I mean, we run the five two two linebacker set anyway. So it's like, you know, you'd like one of them to kind of be elite. <laughs> and Malcolm Rodriguez is so new; it's only a sophomore year. And then we got stupid Anzalone, who basically was a special teams player before he got yeah. here, but. You know, yeah, like you said, to get a guy like that, it seemed like from an outsider's perspective, it would be very important. But for yeah. whatever reason, Brad Holmes and Dad Campbell didn't think that way, and they stuck with Anzalone. So maybe it's just a – I think it's the league, though. The I dying breed. Yeah, which it's just so weird. Like, it, it just confuses me how, like, more there's not more draft capital that's that's set in on, like, hey, man, let's go get this fucking this, – this fucking brilliant, you know, this – inside linebacker that could really just run yeah it's just surprising to me and i I, like i don't know where it fell off i know the passing but it just still confuses me because like you still have your middle linebacker on the fucking hot or on the play almost every you know what i mean like it doesn't matter if they're passing or not 
they talk. They almost talk about it more at other positions now. I heard him talking that way about um, Brian Branch today, that safety slash corner. He's been at Bama forever. Yeah. Uh, but they were talking about him. They were like, this guy literally, like, it. whatever he lacks in physical ability, the second he gets on the whiteboard, he's smarter than everybody in the room. Yeah. And they used to talk about Luke Keekley that way. You know, yeah, literally a guy that knew plays were coming. And if he's in the middle of your defense like that and can tell everybody, that's so mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I, so. I don't know. I just I, I am, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just getting old. I just feel like I grew up in a in an in a era of elite middle linebackers. And so yeah. did you. And it's like and now it's like you don't no one cares about them. It's just surprising. That's all. But, the league just had some badass motherfuckers in like the I'm early saying. to mid 2000s that's what in I'm general. Saying. Yeah, <laughs> like dude, just crazy like, people. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess it's just me fucking being an old bitch, but uh yeah, you know who I uh, at the clouds. You know who I do like too um is uh have you heard about this other Texas running back? This Roshan whatever the fuck his name is. I've been hearing I don't about know this anything kid. about him. So they're no. saying that this is somebody that the Bears legit might uh, go after, like in that like fourth round area, and he's like the backup to Bijan. And I'm like, what? But I guess yeah. I'm, I'm, I read a little bit. I was like, huh, I don't hate that, you know? Yeah. But, is he? And he's was he like a senior or something? Is that why he's coming out? Do you know I that? Honestly, don't even fucking know, man. But I don't I'd know. Have to it's watch just, some film on this young yeah, man. No shit. Yeah, he's looking. There's just so many. Like, I think I like that uh, Isaiah Foskey kid from Notre Dame, the edge rusher. That's a guy who I think the Bears, you know, it sucks too. Like I said, like these are all like 50 to 60 level talents. Like, I, it, there's not many of those like top 40 that after round one that I think we even have a chance at, which sucks. I would love a Jameer Gibbs. Let me tell you what. Just yeah. a fast motherfucker, dude. Just a dog. Who's RB1 in Chicago right now? Right now, it's Deontay Foreman. Um, yeah, that's tough. You no, can't have that. He's a, good, he's a good first and second down back. I mean, he's proven it um, mm-hmm. last year with Tennessee. But, like, yeah, that's not the fucking guy, you know? Um, no. But we still have that kid from uh, the, the kid that backed up Montgomery last year. I can't think of his name right this second. Played for Virginia Tech. Um, but... I don't know, man. The Bears just need so much that I, I honestly, like, right now, my, we've been talking about it for so long that, like, my head is in a blender, and I don't even know, like, what I want. <laughs> and, like, I get that. like what there me. is, dude. There's just so fucking much. It's, I don't know. I can't wait. This year's going to be awesome. We'll wrap this shit up. Um, hopefully, you picked up something. I know that we literally just went through basically a tornado and a hurricane uh, as far yeah. as draft topics go, but I I think that that is going to be the theme of the draft itself this year. So <coughs> fucking buckle up. This is the best time of year for teams that are in positions like we are where literally anything could happen, and uh, I think uh, both the Bears and the Lions are kind of on the up and up. Other news, I mean, quickly out of the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers finally gone. True. Amen to that. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Never have to see him again, unless it's in the Super Bowl. Cross your fingers there. But uh, 
yeah, and who knows what the I hope I hope the pack go and draft a receiver just to give a Dude, quick middle finger to Rodgers. That would be <laughs> just hilarious. draft a receiver for Jordan Love. You know, you know another thing too though, and I was looking at um is for like guys so the Bears and the um well you guys got some good cornerbacks, right? But like there are still some pretty solid DBs out in free agency right now. That yep. are like, I mean, Marcus Peters, Rockison, I mean, Shaq Griffin. Like, there's some guys out there. I don't know what they're asking for in terms of, like, money. But, like, there's still a decent amount of uh, free agents that haven't been signed anywhere. They'll probably all sure. end up back with their fucking teams. But, like, there's a lot of names out there. It's a thing, too, where I think they just kind of they have a wave of guys where it's like, all right, this is a priority guy. We want to go get them. And then they have... uh you know, this wave of guys where it's like, all right, we didn't we didn't establish or uh, get the guy that we needed in the draft here. Yeah. The so we got to fill this position elsewhere. Let's go get Shaq Griffin. Let's go get somebody yeah. like that. So no, yeah, definitely. There's definitely that. Yeah. Like that post draft free agency signing that everyone goes after. Um, yep. But there's still right some before names summer. Out there now. Yeah. There's still some For names sure. out there. But. Well, uh. Enjoy draft day, everybody. Hopefully, everybody's got some fun shit planned for Thursday to watch. Um, and uh, after this, what is this week? Oh shit! I think we might be. I think we might be doing back to back drafts. Hey, NFL draft, fair enough draft next week. So, back to back drafts for the boys. So stay tuned. Hopefully, everybody has a great weekend. And uh, thank you for listening. We love you guys. And uh, we will see you next week. Peace.